Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God is faithful. He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant in mercy with those who love Him. Today I want to say basically two things. First of all, God is faithful to meet our material needs. God knows that all of our needs are not spiritual needs. He knows that some of them are material needs and God makes provision to meet both the material and the spiritual needs. God is faithful for our material needs. Luke 12, verses 29 through 31. Jesus is speaking, And seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind, for all of these things the world seeks after. And our Father knows that we have need of these things. Rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. And if you would tell me that you have given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and He has not met your needs, I would have to say that you are a liar. God is faithful to meet our material needs. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says He keeps the covenant and mercy. He does what He promises to those who love Him and keep His commandments. God is not an old granddaddy that we go and con to get something we want. It's going to be His way or not at all. And if we would enjoy the perfect provision for need that He promises, it will be because we have done what He commands. God is faithful for our material needs. Do you remember Elijah in uh, 1 Kings 17 and on into verse chapter 19? Elijah is asleep, fearing for his life in unbelief under a juniper tree out in the woods. And an angel comes and wakes him up. And he looks and on the fire there is a cake baking. And he eats the cake and it was such a nourishing meal that it lasted him for 40 days. Later, he was hiding at the brook Cherith and the ravens came and fed him because God had commanded them to. And then the brook dried and the ground was parched and the ravens left. And God sent a widow woman who was poor and had just a little bit of meal left to make bread for her family. And God said, Bake the man of God a loaf of bread. And she did, and God met his needs, but then the Word of God says that the meal didn't diminish, and she kept on eating out of that barrel, and the faithful God provided Elijah's needs and her needs. Then in 2 Kings chapter 2, when Elijah is old and tired and his work is done, God sent a fiery chariot and took him to heaven on a whirlwind. God is faithful to meet our material needs. The nation of Israel had been taken out of bondage in the land of Egypt and they wandered 40 years in the desert in a gigantic circle in unbelief and yet God met all of their needs. Deuteronomy 29 verse 5 says something very exciting and very startling. God says, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness 
and your clothes are not old upon your backs, and your shoes are not old upon your feet. Now, 40 years is a long time to wear a suit of clothes. I haven't tried that yet. But the Word of God says that was their need and God met their need and their shoes didn't wear out and their clothes didn't rot and fall off for 40 years. God is faithful to meet our material needs. There was a widow woman that Elijah dealt with who was in debt. Her husband had died leaving debts and the creditors threatened to come and take her children away. And Elijah said, well, what do you have at home? And she said, I don't have anything of any value except a little bottle of oil. And so he said, all right, you go to all of your neighbors, send the kids out and get all of the pots and pans you can find. And they brought them all in and she began to pour that oil out of the little bottle and it kept pouring and it kept pouring and it filled up all of the pots and pans and when it was done, she sold the oil and paid all of the debts and had enough left over to live on. God is faithful to meet our material needs. The Apostle Paul was on his mission to the city of Rome. God was sending him there to witness to Caesar and to die. And he was shipwrecked on the little island of Melita, a barbaric and heathen island. People who didn't like visitors at all. And yet the Word of God says that when they left, their needs had been provided, the people took care of them, and they loaded them down with so many gifts they couldn't carry them away. God is faithful to meet our material needs. One day Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God, and the people stayed and listened because they were hungry for spiritual food, and the night was coming and there was no time, and they hadn't eaten all day, and Jesus took the lunch of a little boy and fed the 5,000 because they were hungry, because He cares about our material needs. One day Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, there's a tax, a temple tax that we have to pay so we can worship, and we don't have any money. And Jesus said, Peter, go fishing. He went down and pitched a hook in the water, pulled the fish out and opened his mouth, and there was a coin. Just enough to pay the tax. Why? Because God cares about our material needs. In Psalm 37, 25, David says, I have been young and now I am old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Jesus said, do you think that God doesn't care? Have you ever seen the wildflowers that grow open in the fields alone without any help? He said, they sow not, nor do they reap. They don't work. And yet I tell you, Jesus said, that Solomon in all of his majestic glory was not arrayed or dressed as well as they are. He said, you can go to the marketplace and buy pennies for literally, a, uh, buy sparrows for a dime a dozen. And yet not even one little sparrow can fall from the air that God doesn't know and see and care. God is faithful to meet our material needs. And again, God is faithful for our spiritual needs. These things that I'll mention now, all of them are spiritual needs. God is faithful 
for our sins. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. How often since you have had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ have you had to go to Him over and over, day after day, night after night, for the same sins and say, Lord, I've sinned and I'm sorry. And still the faithful God says, I forgive you. Satan would come and say, you'll never have the peace you want. You'll never have the joy you want because you've been so bad. You've done sin knowing what you were doing and you cannot have what God offers other people and it's a lie out of hell. God has never done anything for anyone that He will not do for you. Never. God is no respecter of persons. Every one of us means more to God than the created order. And if anyone here were the only person who ever lived, Jesus would have died for you. God is faithful for our sins. Over and over we come to Him. And you know, we come to Him and we say, Lord, why did You let that happen to me? Have you ever done that? Lord, why did this happen to me? But you know what He says? Lamentations 3, a little book in the Old Testament. Verses 22 and 23. A little different point of view. We say, Lord, how could You let all of these things happen to me? God says, it is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. We say, how could all of this happen? And God says, you don't know how lucky you are. If it wasn't for me, you'd be destroyed altogether. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Malachi 3.6, He says, for I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore, you are not consumed. Did you ever think what would happen if God reacted to us the way we react to Him? He cannot do it. It is not in His nature. And it is only because He is God and He loves us that we are not destroyed altogether. I would be most careful before I began to complain and blame God Almighty for all that He's done to me. Begin to count what He has done in your favor. He is faithful for our sins to forgive them. God is faithful to meet spiritual need and faithful for our sins. God is faithful for our sufferings. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Jesus, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, writing to the Christians in Jerusalem, be content with what you have, for He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above your ability to withstand, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear up. Do you remember Joseph back in the last 13 or 14 chapters of Genesis? Joseph, who was the favorite son of his father, he had 11 brothers. And Joseph was the favorite. He was daddy's pet. His father loved him more. And Joseph was a spoiled brat. And he was always lording it over his brothers. And one day his brothers pitched him in a hole in the ground and then sold him into slavery. And he was taken to Egypt. 
He was an intelligent man. And he got a good job. He was making good money. And then a woman lied about him and he was thrown into prison. Years later, he helped a man get out of jail and he said, when I leave here, I'm going to remember you, Joseph, and help you out. And the guy forgot all about him. Forsaken, sold into slavery, rotting in jail. But wait, God is faithful. And Joseph is lifted up from the dungeon and becomes the prime minister, the most powerful man in the most powerful nation on the earth. God is faithful. What about Jacob, Joseph's father? His wife, whom he loves, has been taken from him and now all he has is her two sons. Joseph is killed and years later he thinks Joseph is dead. And years later his sons come and say, we have to take Benjamin to Egypt. And Jacob says, my head will come down to the grave in sorrow. I'm dying of sorrow. Take him away. But wait, God is faithful. And through all of these years of misery, God has been making a way so that His people will not be destroyed. There is a famine in the earth. There is no food to eat, no water to drink. And only because Joseph is on the throne of Egypt are God's people preserved. The faithful God is faithful to meet our sufferings. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh, whatever his problem was. And he said, I even asked God three times to do something about it. And he didn't. But you know what God told him? He said, my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in weakness. God is faithful to meet our sufferings. He is faithful for our sins. And God is faithful for our unbelief. God is faithful even when we do not believe. 2 Timothy 2.13 You want to memorize a verse of Scripture, you ought to try this one on. If we believe not, yet... He abides faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. If we believe not, yet He abides faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. If God would react to our unbelief by rejecting us, He would not be God. He cannot act in rejection when we act in unbelief because He cannot deny His own nature. And do you remember? Our hope is not on our faithfulness or our obedience or anything else that we do. Our hope is only on the perfect faithfulness of God. And if we believe not, yet He abides faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. Satan comes over and over and he says, you've just blown it. You've acted in unbelief. You've doubted God. You've sinned against God and now it's too late. But God has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The Bible says if we don't even believe Him, still He remains faithful for He cannot deny Himself. 
the nation of Israel again. You'll recall they had not even left the land of Egypt. And they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die? Take us back. And in response to their act of unbelief and their doubt and their fear, God parted the Red Sea and took them to freedom and destroyed their enemies. Not because they believed, but because God is faithful and He cannot deny His own nature. The two disciples on the road to the little village of Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. Jesus has been crucified. It's three days later. And some of the women who followed Jesus have come to the disciples and have said, He's alive. And they don't believe it. And as they walk down that dusty road, a man joins them. They don't recognize Him. And he says, what are you talking about? They said, we're talking about the weekend in Jerusalem and, and the things that have happened. And he said, well, what's happened? And they said, well, there was a man named Jesus and we were convinced that He was the Messiah, the Son of God, but now He's dead. And Jesus, calling them slow to believe and foolish of heart, took them and taught them about Himself from the Word of God. And they came to their home and He acted as though He would pass by. And they said, no, come in and stay with us. And He came in and as they sat down to eat and He blessed the food, their eyes were opened and they realized that it was Jesus. And they were restored to fellowship. The Lord had been returned to them, not because they believed, but because God is faithful and cannot deny Himself. In Mark chapter 4, there's the story about the uh, disciples and the Lord crossing the little lake of Galilee. Now, it's been a rough day. They are all very tired and Jesus is exhausted from the demands on Him. And He has gone to the very end of the boat and laid down and gone to sleep. In that little mountain lake as the cool air rushes down from the mountains, frequently storms will uh, arise just in a matter of minutes. And a storm came up and they could not bring the boat to land and it was tossed and they were taking on water and they thought they were going to die. And one of the disciples, anybody vote for Peter? Came and reached down and took Jesus and shook Him and said, we're dying and you don't care. I would hardly call that the prayer of faith. Now did Jesus dust Himself off and say, watch the suit coat? Did he say, you forgot to say please? No. He rose and he said, peace, be still. And the wind and the rain and the sea lay down at his feet like a scolded puppy. He responded not to their faith, but to their cry of unbelief. If we believe not, Yet He abides faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. In John chapter 21, there is a story more hard to understand than all of these instances of unbelief. Jesus has been raised from the dead. The disciples have seen Him and talked to Him. And in this verse, Peter and James and John and some of the others, follow, they follow Peter and He says, I go a-fishing. And in the original language, he was saying literally, I'm going to be a fisherman again to heck with being a preacher. 
Now, Jesus is alive from the dead. They've seen Him. They know God has raised Him up. They know who He is. And still, they're turning their backs on Him. In this land, the commercial fishermen would fish all night. And the next morning, as they were coming to the shore, they looked and saw a man on the beach by their belongings. And they came a little closer and they saw that it was the Lord Jesus. And you know what He was doing? He was cooking breakfast. He wasn't prepared to give them a lecture. He didn't rebuke them. When they came to the shore, He said, Come and dine. Come and dine. Why? Because if we believe not, yet He abides faith, faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. The faithful God provides. God is faithful for our material needs. No one ever leaned on Jesus and sought His kingdom first and His will and His way and was not provided for. He is faithful for our material needs. God doesn't want us only to be happy over there beyond the golden shore. He wants us to have happiness and peace and joy and yes, perfect provision for our needs right now. Right here. And God is faithful to meet our spiritual needs. He is faithful for our sins, for our sufferings, and He is faithful even for our unbelief. In Revelation 19.11, that day of coronation has come and John looks up to see the Lord Jesus and he says, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness does he judge. Psalm 36, verse 5. Psalm 36.5. David said it just about the biggest way he could think about to say it. He said, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and Thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. Great is Thy faithfulness. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation in a moment, and I want you to understand right now, the invitation is not the invitation of Jewel Baptist Church. Neither is it the invitation of this preacher. It is the invitation to let Jesus Christ be the faithful God in your experience. I don't know your need. Some of you have never taken Him by faith. There is no magic in the church. There is no power to save in any man, only in the person of Jesus Christ. The invitation to you is to come to take freely, as Jesus said, and drink of the water of life. For you as a Christian, to just let Him be the faithful God, to admit unbelief and doubt and let Him live in you, to join this church in any way she receives members, or to make any decision that the Spirit of God would dictate to you. This invitation is His, not ours. It's offered to you. Whatever God would have you do, you'll do it today and do it quickly. May we pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank You that You are who You are, that You don't just leave us to do our best, but that You've made perfect provision for every need. Lord Jesus, have Your perfect way in each of our hearts today. 
Lord, there are those who need to be saved. There are homes that need to be brought closer together. And Lord, I pray that You would tell that husband and that wife that You are speaking to right now that it is only as they give You first place in their lives that their home can ever be what You want it to be. Lord Jesus, there are Christians who need to commit themselves to follow You with all of their hearts and all of their lives. There are those that You would not have be spectators in this community. You want them members and active in serving You in this church. Lord, You know them. I don't. I pray that what You desire to happen will come to pass even now. And I thank You because You've promised to grant our prayers. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We stand to sing, Have Thine Own Way. Make it Your prayer. And what God would have you do, do it right now. Do it quickly. Who will be the first?